To this day, there's people where I come from in, in South London who still don't know what rugby is, which baffles me. Rugby would be amazing for those guys to have. If you're feeling angry and you're, you're frustrated with life, go down to your local rugby club on a Sunday. If it did have an equal opportunity, it would, be, it would change the game. You're listening to the England Rugby Podcast, O2 Inside Line, and I'm Carl Sinclair. Who am I? Uh, it's deep, could get quite deep. I'm Kyle Sinclair and I play for Bristol Bears. The position I play is tight head prop. Not the most glamorous position, but um, a position I love. The tight head prop is the, the standard kind of workman who just comes in and does his nine to five job and doesn't really look for any pats on the back. He just gets on with it and just gets his head down and does his job. But without the workman, the CEO doesn't get the shine. So very important part of the team. Growing up, I was, I was, I was huge. <laughs> um, liked my food. Still, still like my food. Obviously, I just loved being active. I loved, you know, pl just playing any type of sport. You know, I just loved kind of being out there and playing sport. Really, I was born in South London, uh, Tooting and Mitcham. I think the best way to describe it is probably like a concrete jungle. Uh, not much grass anywhere. I think if someone who didn't grow up in that environment and they got thrown in there, they would probably say it was quite rough. But to me, that was that's all I knew at that time. And it was a great community feel. Like everyone knew everyone. You know, I, I have family to this day that that reside um, in South London. Because everyone's quite close-knit and, and um, everyone knows everyone. So like when someone comes in who's not kind of from the area, people are obviously going to be asking questions. And you would probably would have felt quite uncomfortable at times, but... If I'd have saw you, I'd have looked after you, don't you worry about that, it's all good. <laughs> it's no secret, you know, I didn't grow up without a father. I, I didn't, have a, didn't have a dad. I was just very fortunate enough that, you know, my mum was always very proactive and always wanted me to, to do some kind of sport, not just rugby, but anything. Whenever I was like, I want to try that, okay, let's do it. She, you know, was a single mother, you know, working night shifts and stuff. And to, for her to find the time to always take me to the sport and stuff was um, was big for me. And I think it's molded me to, to who I am today, you know. I used to play football. I ended up representing my district. So I, I, I was all right. Um, but unfortunately, uh, the older I got, the heavier I got, the angrier I got, and it just wasn't for me. I just couldn't get it. You know, I'd, I'd touch someone and then they'd fall over and I'd, you know, get in trouble, yellow cards, red cards for literally nothing. For someone my size, it wasn't, it wasn't for me. And then just by chance, my mum was speaking to a friend over the phone. She said, look, my son's just played rugby. Um, I think you should take Kyle down to the local rugby club. I've just taken my son to him, which was Batsy Ironside. So, uh, off I went to Battersea Ironsides and, you know, that was it. All I had was football kit because that's all I, you know, was my main sport was football. So I just rocked up in my uh, Man United kit. I had no idea what rugby was, never heard of the sport in my life. And I got the ball and I remember running down the wing and I, it just felt so natural. And I'll never forget, in the car, after that training session on a Sunday, I said, I'm going to be a rugby player. 
that's all I wanted to do. My name is um, Graham Beach, and I was Carl's first coach when he first arrived at Battersea Yarnsides. I was coaching Carl from the age of six till around about 13. He was focused from day one. He knew what he wanted to do. Carl played in every single position. He tried every position on the field, every single position on the field, because he was really unstoppable, really. He was like a Sherman tank. He was just, once he had the ball in his hand, we had kids hanging off him. The ability Carl had to bring everyone together was fantastic. No matter what background they came from, what school they went to, he was open, he was friendly, he was truthful. He was really liked. If anything happened on the pitch, he'd be with the first on the, in the area, but the first one to pull people away. You know, his mum worked extremely hard as a single parent to bring him up and, and, and to put him on, that, on the map like he is now. And I think his mum's just one of his role, role models, actually, to tell the truth. You know, he's worked hard for her. I got diagnosed with cancer and Carl found out and he phoned me up, asking questions about it. Are you okay? What are you doing? How you, and the first thing he was saying, are you eating properly? Have you got your head in your right place? Bang. And I realised then how much he's grown up. Carl has grown up so much to talk about the food, your head being in the right place, your mental health, all part of your recovery in anything you do. So he really understands that. It just gave me an outlet, I could vent whatever frustration I had into, into something, any, any emotion I was feeling, I could always put it towards, towards sports. So say for instance, if I was feeling angry, instead of me sulking about it and playing the victim, I knew that Sunday I'm, we're playing, I don't know, old Albanians or whoever it is, and I'm gonna legally get that emotion and anger and put it into the rugby game. Channel that aggression. <laughs> That's the way to do it, isn't it? What a hit. I'm Joe Marla and I play for Harlequins FC. Sink is he's the closest thing you'll get in rugby union to like an NFL lineman, you know, the big giant units that are just shouting and screaming in people's faces. He's hilarious. He's brilliant. When I play Sinks, I think he's a completely different person on the pitch to what he is off the pitch. I'm Ellis Gunch. I play Lucid Prop for Leicester Tigers. He's like just screaming and he goes into like some weird trance, but he's obviously a, a sick player, so it works for him. Any sport, you know, the things it teaches you in terms of being a good teammate, discipline, sacrifice, being selfless, those values are just so amazing. I could never really get in trouble because I had training to go to after school. I couldn't stand around the gates and get up to mischief because, see you later lads, I've got to catch the 57 bus and get to Streatham and then catch another bus to get to Crystal Palace to do my weight session. I couldn't get myself involved in that because I was so focused on playing sport. If that was available to, you know, the kids coming through now, especially from a working class background, 
I think you'd see, you know, crime rates and, and, and that sort of stuff drop dramatically. Whereas I, I feel, looking from the outside, I just don't think that those things are available to them. When rugby became a big part of my life was when I first initially got scouted by Colin Osborne, around 12 or 13 years old. And I remember Colin was by the post and I was playing fullback. And he was just shouting at me constantly, you know, get up, do this, stop, stop walking. And I'm like looking, like, who is this guy? Like, I don't, I don't know who that is, you know, he's just shouting at me like he knew me. He spoke to my mum and kind of offered me a trial for Harlequin's Academy. And I guess the rest is history. I think that's when it kind of hit home, like, this is my opportunity now. I always had that idea um, in my head that I wanted to be a rugby player. And I knew I was going to become a rugby player, but I didn't know how, I just knew I was. I'm very grateful because he didn't have to do that for me. You know, at the time he wasn't even the academy coach, he was the backs coach. For him to actually put himself out there and um, give me the opportunity, essentially he's changed my life. One person just going out of their way has affected me and changed my life and just shows how powerful how powerful that, 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 that one action can be. 60% of professional rugby players have had a private school education. I was lucky enough to have the best of both worlds. You know, I went to state school, I went to Graveney up until I was 16, and then was lucky enough to get a scholarship to Epsom College for two years for sixth form, which was unbelievable. It just made life a lot easier for me to, to, to walk outside my boarding house at school and I'd have unbelievable facilities, like 15 rugby pitches, a state-of-the-art swimming pool, a ridiculous gym, you know, like it was just, it was just, it just made my life so much easier. At private school, you know, you're there to, to get an education, whereas at state school, it's a lot harder and it's easier to get distracted. And the people I met in both state school and private school are friends who I hold very close to my heart to this day. If you look at state schools, the, the, the problem is there's no form of competition. And it's not just in rugby, it's in every sport across the board. And that comes down to funding. That was probably the biggest difference I noticed in state school versus private school was at private school, no matter what sport it was, on a Saturday, everyone had fixtures. Whatever it was, everyone was active and playing sports. Whereas at state schools, there's no form of competition. Or say, for instance, Graveney's local schools, Ernest Bevan, if we wanted to have a football match against them, as friends, we'd have to reach out to people we knew and try and organise a football match. It's just purely because the school doesn't have the money to put on, you know, the, the kit, the, the, the travel, the food, you know, and I think that's, that's the area that needs to be addressed. I can remember this one sprinter at my old school was unbelievable, like, Unbelievable, I've never seen anything like that in my life. Like, if you saw him, you're like, he's gonna be the next 100 meter gold medal champion. Everyone would come from all over the schools in South London to watch him run 100 meters. And just because he didn't have that support system, he gave up running. He should be like the next Usain Bolt. But because he didn't have that support system from his family or, you know, athletics itself, he just thought, I can't do this by myself. Those stories and, and, and my life experience just makes me understand like you have to make the most of every moment. A 
truly believe it, it allowed them to lit off the steam and aggression, the running, the, the, the tackling. And they all seem to look after each other. They all seem to, it gives a real good friendship, a good bond. I think it makes them a, a rounded person. Every one of the kids and young adults I, I, I taught that are now grown up, so proud of them. All of them have achieved, they're all successful. It's a great grounding for any young person. And I think um, we're all missing a big trick by not, not introducing it into young adults' life. It's basically an untapped reservoir, you know, state schools. The, the, the amount of raw talent and potential that is just sitting there waiting to be, waiting to be seen is um, exciting, but they need the platform, they need the competition, they need, they need to play week in and week out. You know, that's the only way you kind of get better and that's the only way you kind of get the opportunity. The story I told you about the kid who was a 100 meter sprinter, ever since I can remember, I was like, when I get to a position and I get to that platform, I definitely want to set something up to help kids like that. Because if he just had someone who could take him to training or could give him kit or could give him inspiration, you know, it could have been a totally different story. My foundation. It's called the recusance. It's a French word. It means people who fail to comply to authority, which in my opinion is the perfect way to, to sum up the younger generation. Three years ago, we were just having a conversation one day, me and my mentor, and obviously just, you know, said, said what I said. And he was like, why didn't you do it? And I was like, that's a good question. And he was like, do it. And I was like, yeah, I will. It's basically an online platform to provide guidance, inspiration, help to the younger generation. You know, there's different categories. There's will, there's intellect, there's physicality. We'll have loads of workouts of myself doing, you know, say for instance, you're a kid and you're going to the gym for the first time. You don't know what you're doing. Just go on the website. You want to get big arms, click on that. You'll see me doing a bicep workout. We talk about issues that relate to the younger generation. You know, we touch on loads of different topics and just trying to give back in that way. The aim of the Recusance is to inspire the next generation, is to offer guidance, is to offer support, and it is there to offer, you know, help that is needed, in my opinion, which is, is, is really, really needed. I think, like, giving back to that generation, especially the young, young ones who haven't got nothing and don't see rugby players as role models, is, like, something that we should probably tap into a little bit more. As soon as they start like trying to be like other people in rugby, that's when the game can move on and actually take more people out of those environments. So it can only do good. It sinks. He should be proud of himself, man. He's building a foundation. It's class. Sink, with his upbringing, you know, tougher than the most, to then find kids that are in similar positions to himself and give back is just credit to, to the man that he's now become. I've seen him. I've seen him grow grow up. I've seen him from the start to where he is now, and he's come full circle. He's a great bloke, wonderful, wonderful human, and I love him to bits. To this day, there are people who still don't know what rugby is, which baffles me. Like there's people where I come from in in South London who still don't know what rugby is. Rugby isn't probably in more of a working class background, but I think the more guys who come through that 
then have to, you know, carry the torch and um, give back to, to, the, to the younger generations coming through. Rugby would be amazing for those, those guys to have. You know, if you're feeling angry and you're, you're frustrated with life, go down to your local rugby club on a Sunday. And that's what it was like for me. Um, and I was just so lucky to have that kind of opportunity. If it did have an equal opportunity, it would, be, it would change the game. Whenever I can get back down to Batsy Ironsides, normally it's once or twice a year to hand out kind of like the end of season awards. You know, I love going down there to do that and catching up with old faces and seeing like my coaches and, and some old friends and stuff. And I think hopefully just kind of my presence being down there will inspire, you know, just if it's just one kid to push them on and do whatever, you know, they want to do in their life. In terms of access and opportunities for rugby, I, I think the big responsibility for us as England players, and I think something we need to understand, is just how much of a ripple effect our success has on the country. If England rugby is successful, then kind of that next generation comes through naturally. Um, so it's a big responsibility. I know my main, my main role having this platform is to inspire the next generation. You know, I remember watching 2003. I want to be Johnny Wilkinson. You know, I'll go down there on my on Battersea Antides on the Sunday and I'd be practicing trying to kick like Johnny and stuff. So it's, uh, it's powerful stuff, man. It's powerful stuff. Hopefully that, that will kind of be my legacy. My life is rugby. That's all I know. That is literally all I know. I, I love it. Like I'm obsessed. I love playing the game. I love watching the game. I love analyzing. I love, you know, every, everything about it. It's a, it's a great, great game. I'm very fortunate to be in that position to, to, to be able to do something that I've literally dreamed of ever since I was 10, 11 years old. Yeah, rugby's it's given me everything, everything in my life. Mm -hmm.